Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a Dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the moves to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your Dynasty League. And welcome. My name is BJ Kent, and I'm joined in by my weekly co-host, Stephen Devo Deaton. How are you, Stephen? Man, I'm good. What's going on? How are you? Doing good, man. I know we just got home from uh, church tonight and playing uh, basketball with a bunch of 7th through 12th uh, graders. And so, man, I'm exhausted right now. I just gave my kids the quickest bath in the world. And so I'm pretty sure I didn't even wash half their body. But you know what? We're here, man. <laughs> We're ready to roll. That's right. Ready to rock and roll. I'll tell you, man. So, hey, let's just go ahead and jump into it, Steve. Let's skip the small talk, man. Uh, right, so what we do is we always like to hold each other accountable, man, kind of talk about our leagues and stuff. And so right now, after week nine, where are you sitting in your redraft and dynasty leagues? All right. So after re- week nine, redraft went three and one on the week. So I'm still I'm still kind of holding strong there. Dynasty, uh, seven and six this week. One of those complete rebuild that's 0 and 9. Uh, wasn't, wasn't as good a week as I've been having. Um, uh, but I can't, I can't be too upset because three of those losses came straight from Joe Mixon. And if you yeah. went up against Joe Mixon this week, you probably lost. I don't care what kind of team you have. Um, and when that happens in Dynasty, and it does sometimes, there's really nothing you can do about it. Um, so we're just going to flush it and move on. Uh, on. On the year this year, Dynasty year, 84 and 47. Uh, redraft 23 and 13. Um, and a grand total between the two, 107 and 60. Hey, man, I'm liking that average, Stephen. Uh, speaking of mixing, dude, I actually went up against him in my rebuild that I actually just completed and actually won by point three. Uh, and that was a team that was without Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb. And so it was a, it was a struggle win for sure. Uh, and so for me, going into our redraft, I went Humble one and brag one. a little there, huh? Yeah, Humble just brag. a little bit, just a little Humble bit. Humble brag. <laughs> and so uh, in my redraft leagues this week, I went one and one. I'm sitting at 14 and four overall. Uh, one of my redraft teams, man, it is killing it right now. It's looking really good for playoffs. The other one is slowly declining. It's a 14 team league, and I'm I'm struggling right now. Uh, dynasty wise, though, I'm sitting. Th- I've set at three and five this past week with three leagues being a re- rebuild. Uh, I will say this though, one of the leagues that I won was actually one of my rebuilds. So I'm pretty upset yep. about that yep. one. Well. <laughs> uh, uh, overall, though, I'm sitting at 34 and 39, which ain't bad. Uh, and so with it, it's just still trying to kind of get my feet wet in Dynasty and trying to figure this whole yep. thing out. Yep. Uh, but yeah, man, so that's how this week went. Uh, let's turn over to the no- news and notes segment, Stephen. All right. Uh, well, here we go. We're going to start with Justin Fields again this week. We talked a little bit about him last week, but you can't not talk about him this week. He finished QB1 on the week. Uh, to me, he's looking all of the part of a Dynasty Fantasy QB1. Um, I do still worry about his passing game a little bit. But I think as long as he's able to use his legs and score fantasy points uh, and win the Bears a few games along the way, then that will give him some time to develop his passing game. I do think that the Bears are going to have to make some big moves in the draft or free agency and get him more weapons. Absolutely. Uh, you can't make the same mistake that the Packers have made year after year after year after year with Aaron Rodgers, and you kind of see where that's led him now. Um, I do want to ask you from a dynasty perspective, uh, isn't it time to maybe kick the tires a little bit on maybe selling fields right now if you own him? Hey, man, I'll be honest with you. Uh, there is not a single player in Dynasty that I have that I will not kick the tires and try to sell. Uh, and so with that being said, I've got Justin Fields in a couple of my Dynasty leagues right now. Uh, I put him on the trade block and stuff, but I'm not selling him for cheap, man. Uh, I think I got an offer this week that was an instant rejection uh, to where I'm just like, no, nah, man, I ain't trying to do that. 
Yeah. Uh, but but I agree with you. I think Fields, uh, he's looking great right now, man. So I just want to start off by saying this. I want to publicly apologize for all the hate that I gave Justin Fields this year. Uh, man, I know that when I look back at it, I remember a couple episodes ago, we were like, man, you know, Justin Fields sucks right now. And Zach Wilson's the one that's got that promise and stuff. But now you're starting to kind of see a turning here to where Zach Wilson's the one struggling, throwing all the interceptions. And Justin Fields, they're starting to kind of figure out how to unleash them. And so, man, I'm I'm like you. I'm excited for that Bears offense. I do hope they get him more weapons. I hope they get Chase Claypool a little bit more involved. I love what they've been doing with Cole Komet the past couple of weeks. And so I'm hoping that they can continue to to just let unleash Justin Fields, let him actually do his stuff, man. Yeah. Um, I, I I think if I did own him, I don't think I do anywhere anymore. But if I did own him, I'm I'm definitely kicking the tires on moving him. And it's not because he's not talented, it's because that that level um, where he's at right now is really high, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know how much higher he can get in the moment. At this moment, how much higher can he get? There's still going to be those QBs that are going to be ahead of him, I think. I don't think he's a, he, he's can, he can be considered, quote, unquote, elite yet. Um, there's just still some, some things he's got to add to his game for that. So I'm just saying I think his value right now is, is pretty peak, right? Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely kicking the tires on moving him. All right, so moving on. Uh, it's funny you mentioned uh, Zach Wilson because that's the next thing we're going to talk about here. You just you just pumped the brakes a little bit, Mister uh, Mister Zach Wilson <laughs> hater. Uh, Zach Wilson just beat Josh Allen's Bears on Sunday, twenty to seventeen, which I'm sure that's something you had uh, written down that was going to happen this week. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. He he outdueled Josh Allen, and and to me was really a nice step for Zach in his development as a franchise quarterback. I will say that I think Zach still has big strides to make, but this was a huge step forward for his confidence, for the team's confidence in him. Um, so that being said, you know, I, I know you just kind of hated on him a little bit, but that's a big win for him. Where do you have him in your dynasty QB rankings? I think he's a mid-tier QB too, honestly. Uh, <clears throat> with it, we still see that potential there. But he's got, like you said, he's got to make some strides. He's got to kind of find his rhythm. Uh, and not only that, man, but he's got some fantastic weapons around him. Uh, you've got Garrett Wilson, who has been coming on as of late. But then also you've got Elijah Moore, who I don't know what the crap's going on there, man. But they need to figure that out. And not only that, we got Conklin and CJ Uzuma. I mean, the offense in itself has decent weapons, more weapons than Justin Fields has. Uh, and so now at this point, I'm I'm kind of like you. I think that that Wilson has that potential. We just we need to start seeing it. We need to start seeing that offense actually start to unleash a little bit with Brees Hall being out. Yeah, I think this week he was just he he was just he was what they needed, right? He he made some plays with his legs. If you watch some of the highlights, um, he made some plays with his legs, and he stood in the pocket and he threw it away when he needed to throw it away. He didn't force it. Um, and then the next play, he would make a play with his legs, and then he would make a throw. So he did he did some good things this week. Um, and, but he's got to do that week in and week out and start yep. to build build upon that. Um, he does have some good weapons. I don't know what's going on with Elijah Moore. I don't think the team's happy with Elijah Moore, and I don't think Elijah Moore's happy with the team. So that's always going to lead to, you know, probably some a uh, little bit of uh, discomfort and, uh, you know, just some stuff that's not not real good chemistry-wise, with the team. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so moving on, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers a little bit. Do you think Aaron Rodgers has officially fallen off? Uh, he's been just really bad, to be to be honest, absolutely atrocious um, for a lot of the season. And, and, and I think, in my opinion, the blame falls squarely on him. Um, he's not making the throws that he's capable of making. Um, he himself, just this past week, left 21 points on the field this past Sunday 
versus the Lions with just terrible throws. Um, so I think there is a valid reason to ask the question, has Rodgers officially fallen off? I'm going to go ahead and say what I think about this first, and I'm going to say no. And I'll tell you why. I still think Aaron Rodgers can be and is an elite passer in the NFL. I just think the Packers right now are a mess. Um, I do think he still has two to three good years of QB play. I don't know how much better he'll be this year, um, but he should be serviceable for the rest of the year. I do think it's time for him himself to hit the reset button a little bit, uh, to take a look in the mirror and get his stuff together. Or I think it's going to be a long couple of years for Rodgers and the Packers. Yeah, and I, I'll follow that up and just say, honestly, uh, the only Packers fan that I know, I actually know two of them, and both of them are not happy with the way that the offense has been working here lately. Um, like what you said, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I don't own a single share of Rodgers in any dynasty league of the 10 that I'm in, and I'm actually kind of thankful of that. Uh, honestly, if I looked at him right now uh, and I had him in a dynasty league, you're seeing value significantly drop. Uh, you're seeing to where you couldn't probably sell him for pennies on the dollar right now. And so with it, I do agree. I think that Rogers has a little bit of juice still left in the tank. Uh, I think that there's just that offense is in shambles, man. Uh, if you own really any Packer right now, you're not happy about it. Uh, you got Aaron Jones who is struggling with injury. You got AJ Dillon who's not performing. Uh, no wide receiver is trustworthy at all. And the ones that he does have catch – oh, excuse me, they don't catch anything. They drop every single pass that he throws. Yeah. And so, with it, I do agree. I think he may have, like, one to three years left. Uh, but it's just – it's hard to trust him right now, man. It is. It's hard to trust him just based off what we've seen. I, I You know, again, it, could this be a situation – if you if you look at Roger's contract, it's it's a mess. It's $150 million guaranteed over the next three years. Mm-hmm. So, it's either get it together or trade. Uh, because he's still going to be playing because, again, $150 million guaranteed. They're, they're, he's going to be playing for at least the next two to three years. Um, and I could see a scenario where a trade happens too, you know, depending on what the Packers want to do. If they try to get him in a situation, you know, where they can – you know, Rodgers may want a, a fresh situation for the next two to three years. Who knows? Who knows what's going to go hap- – what's going to happen there? Um, I don't know if any – I don't know who's going to take that contract on, but, you know, mm-hmm. who knows? You never know. Um, but, yeah, I do, I do think maybe a year, like you said, a year to three years of good QB play left. I think they'll hit the reset button. Um, maybe not – you know, it may not come to fruition this year, but hopefully next year they kind of they, – they gel a little better and they get it back together. I still got faith that he could get it together. All right, Sean Payton and Lamar Jackson unite maybe. Uh, I don't know what, what you saw of the Manning cast on Monday night, but Sean Payton was a guest. Um, and he actually had this to say about Lamar Jackson. Well, the number one thing is I have a chance to be a free agent and he has a chance to be a free agent. I would say that first. On a serious note, I think we've seen him get the ball downfield. I feel like every weekend we see great vertical passing game by him. How do you think Mm -hmm. Sean Payton would elevate Lamar Jackson? Is this the last year Lamar plays in a Ravens uniform? And is Lamar a guy that in fantasy we we are starting to just take for granted week in and week out? All right, so starting with the last question first. Are we taking Lamar for granted? Absolutely, man. Uh, dude, I, I think Lamar is a fantastic quarterback. I think that, uh, honestly, passing, I think he has taken a couple steps up compared to where he was a couple years ago. Yeah, uh, absolutely the, has. The, the issue is is that, I mean, outside of Mark Andrews, who does he really have to throw on the on the yeah, field right now? I agree. Uh, you've got Bateman go down. You've got Marquise Brown going in a trade. 
And uh, man, Duvernay ain't cutting it. And no. so from a fantasy perspective, absolutely, we're taking the dude for granted. Uh, now, is this the last year that Lamar plays in a Ravens uniform? For the Ravens fan base, I hope not. Uh, I think that, man, Harbrell has, I mean, he's he's done decent with Lamar the last couple of years. And I think Lamar, if I'm honest with you, I think Lamar probably wants to stay in Baltimore. The issue is, is that are they going to pay him? Because right. I, I think Lamar knows his talent. And I think that he knows that he's an elite quarterback. I would honestly say top six in the league right now. Yep. But with it, he knows that if he don't get that bag, he's gone. And as far as the Sean Payton stuff, I'll be honest with you, the first time I saw that was actually today. And with it, it's with Sean Payton, I think he could elevate Lamar's throwing game. Um, as far as using him in an offense that would let him run and stuff like that, I honestly don't know. Uh, I know Peyton, most of the time that I, I know of, Peyton was with Drew Brees. Right. And you saw the offense kind of work around a pocket passer and stuff like right. that. Yep. I think it would be interesting. I'm not going to lie. Yep. Yep. Um, I think there's going to be head coaching positions open with decent weapons. And who knows, man? You know, the NFL is crazy nowadays. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, Lamar has completely bet on himself. He doesn't have an agent. He's his own agent, and he has completely, completely uh, bet on himself. I saw, was it last week or maybe week before, he was holding up a sign that a fan had made that, that. Said, that said, pay Lamar Jackson, and he was he was holding it up, you know. Um, so he, he knows. He knows his worth. He knows he knows what he's expecting to be paid. I know he's he has already turned down a contract, so he's not going to be cheap. Um, and it, it is going to come down to how do the Ravens view him, um, you know, and, and from a dynasty perspective, I think he'd be good anywhere. He, he's just too dynamic of a player. Those legs that he has are too dynamic. Um, and like you said, his passing game has taken strides forward. Um, and, and I love the guy. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Tyreek and Waddle. They have, have been absolutely killing it this year with your man, Tua Tagovailoa, at the helm. Uh, two is another story for another day, and I'm going to save you that crow for another day, BJ. Um, Appreciate that. Back to Tyreek and Waddle. They are wide receiver one and wide receiver five in PPR leagues, respectively, this year. What does this say about that offense and their dynasty value moving forward specifically? Should you sell Tyreek right now? Uh, I'll be honest with you, man. I actually uh, I had Tyreek Hill for one day in the dynasty league last week. Uh, I had Stefan Diggs on my team. I traded Diggs and Dalton away for Tyreek in a 23 first and then turned around and sold Tyreek, Deshaun Watson, and uh, Cam Akers, Elijah Mitchell for J.K. Dobbins, D.K. Metcalf, Devontae Smith, and a 23 first. And so with it, man, honestly – I think that those two wide receivers are killing it right now. I think that with it, you can honestly probably get a haul for Tyreek right now uh, with him being the wide receiver one in PPR league. Um, I think with it, like I said, man, there's not a single player out there that I'm I'm not throwing on the block and seeing what's out there. Uh, with Tyreek, I mean, dude's what, like 20, 26, 27, 28, something like that? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think he's – I actually think he's 29. Let me Let me, let me check. You may be right, actually. And so with it, like I know dude is phenomenal. There's not another single player out there that's like him with a ball in his hands. And with the way that they've been unlocking that offense with Tua specifically, um, I mean, Tyreek's not just a deep ball player now. Instead, yep. he's getting the ball in open field 15 yards down the field and making the yep. most with it. Yep. And so uh, with it, like I, I say throw him out there. Just see what you can get. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, let me ask you this, Stephen. Aside from Waddle's age – 
because I think if we came down to it, we all would prefer Waddle in Dynasty just for the age aspect. You know, I mean, I'm sure he's going to play for another probably five, ten years. Uh, with that being said, who who are you most excited to have on your team right now? Like, I know Tyree's got the wide receiver one numbers, but it seems like Waddle's a little bit more consistent. Um, if I'm if I'm shooting for the championship, I'm more excited for Reek. If yeah. I'm if I'm you know if I'm just a dynasty player that doesn't really have a chance for a championship, it's definitely probably Waddle. Absolutely. Um, so you know those those things go hand in hand. You know you're not. I don't think if you're a championship contender, you're going to trade Waddle for Reeks Reek straight up. I also don't think if you are not a championship contender that you're going to trade Waddle for Reek straight up. So that, that, those two those two things go hand in hand there. Um, specifically on selling Tyreek right now. He's 28. Um, he'll be 29 in March. Um, so yeah, th- those those you know he, he looks like he's a special player, man. He really is. But but those cliffs those cliffs are steep and and, mm-hmm. and those those drops are very long. Um, yep. So um, you know you know just don't you know we talk about this in dynasty. Don't get caught holding that bag, man. I just traded Dalvin Cook in a league this week where I think you know it was a good move for me. Yeah. Because um, 27 year old running backs aren't getting any better. Um, and I got twenty-nine-year-old wide receivers, man. I got pretty good value, in my opinion, on the trade. Um, I'm not going to get into it, but but again, you know, just don't get caught holding the bag on some of these older players. Yep. Um, all right, moving on. Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I just want to discuss for a minute. What do we think Odell has left? Um, his current odds sit as this, as far as the teams that he may wind up going to. Uh, best odds first here: Dallas Cowboys, uh, number one on the board as far as odd makers having him go there. Then you got the Green Bay Packers, the New York Giants, Los Angeles Rams, Tampa Bay Bucks, Kansas City Chiefs, and then lastly of that list, the Buffalo Bills. Of those teams that I just mentioned, what do you think would be the ideal landing spot for Odell and his fantasy value? Uh, I just heard this discussed on another podcast, actually, as far as landing spot. I think if he wants to compete, I think he goes back to the Rams, uh, even the Cowboys. I mean, they're not doing terrible right now. Um, the Chiefs, the Bills, obviously. But as far as you got to kind of ask, what what does Odell want? Does he want to go make another playoff push, go try to chase another ring? Or does the dude want to go to where he's featured and kind of get his reps up and stuff? And so with it, I think as far as volume goes, I think Green Bay Packers and New York Giants probably have to be top of that list, right? Uh, and then as far as rings and stuff, you're looking at the back end of that list. But I think ideal situation, honestly, and I hate to even say this, is probably the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I know Jerry Jones isn't opposed to the idea. He came out and said that this past week. Uh, I know that you have Micah Parsons on Twitter trying to get the man to come and recruit him. And so, honestly, I would I would love to see Dak get another weapon. I would love to see Dak have three wide receivers in CD, Michael Gallup, and Odell. Uh, now, I will say this, though, man, if you've got – Odell and you're banking on him playing this year I wouldn't count on it I know he's supposed to be clear like fully cleared this week and all that kind of stuff but it's it's kind of hard to trust somebody coming off of an ACL injury man into a new offense and I I would just be hesitant on it yeah yeah I think if you own Odell you're you're holding him probably regardless um of, of of your situation in dynasty I think he's just a hold um for the simple fact of we don't know um and his values the only thing I think it can do at this moment is go up, right? Yeah. So 
Um, I think you hold him and you just see what happens. I, I think he's just an added bonus or an extra bonus for you if he does anything mm-hmm. this year. I, I do think um, the Cowboys is a good spot for him uh, just because CD is basically all they have, it seems like, right now. Yeah. Um, so it may be a decent spot for him on a, a, a contender. Don't poo-poo those New York Giants, though, for a reunion. They're they six know. and two. They're six and two now, BJ. So uh, I know they're they're battling in the in the East with the the eight no Eagles, which looks like a a tall task this year with Jalen Hurts and company. But man, they're still six and two, so they're they're doing their thing over there. Um, and of course, some of these other teams I mentioned, we all know uh, their value and how good they are in the NFL. Um, but I, I kind of agree with you. I think an ideal landing spot for him might be those Cowboys. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to watch. All right. Uh, right now I want to talk about a few players in Dynasty that may be hurt or ailing um, maybe uh, for the rest of the year or maybe only temporarily. Um, and I just want to know, and we want to talk about just a little bit, whether or not you should sell these guys to literally go for it all right now. Um, so for argument's sake, let's just say that all these players at their position are holding you back from a championship. My question here to you is do you sell or hold? And okay. I want you to give me just a brief explanation on your reasoning here. First player up here is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Honestly, holding. And the reason I say that is is because return on your investment and return on the player's value is at an all-time low right now. Um, I have seen Jonathan Taylor blasphemed on Twitter, man. And people just saying that he's dropped out of the top five and stuff like that. Uh, I'm I'm waiting on one or two good games. But let me let me just throw this out there at you, Stephen. Last year, shout out to those who were saying that JT was worth five first for those five touchdowns that he scored in that game last year. <laughs> I wonder how you're you're feeling right now, man. Yeah, uh, this is tough because if John and just again, so for argument's sake, let's say Jonathan Taylor is holding you back. From a from a nice little pot in your fantasy league, you know, and and let's just say you can get let's just say you can get some return on him. You might not be what you could get if he was healthy, but let's just say you can get enough return to win you that championship. Are you still just going to hold him and 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 miss out on that? All right, let me ask you this: what what is a decent return that you'd be comfortable with? Ooh, that's tough because I don't own him anywhere. So I don't either. <laughs> I ain't got a single share of the man. So, um, uh, I, and I know I get it. People are going to be people are going to want want. They're going to want. I get it. They're going to want, and it's going to be a hard. It's going to be a really hard uh, scenario, and probably hard to pull the trigger either way. On All right, let me let me ask you this, Stephen. Damian Pierce in a late first. You taking it? Nope. Yeah, I wouldn't either. <clears throat> nope, I'm not. All right, so again, the, you know, this is kind of the, the that's kind of what I want to do here is is just have a little back and forth and just kind of see, you know, because these these are players that uh, they're not going to give you a whole lot probably for the rest of the year. Some of these maybe, but JT, I don't think he's going to. Uh, no, some yeah. stuff I read on his injury, uh, it's a, it's kind of one of those nagging injuries. A lot of people kind of compared him to Saquon um, and the, mm. the injury that he's got as far as how, you know, how we, th- how we saw Saquon last year, he was just kind of, even when he was playing, you could tell it just wasn't right. And, the, and a lot of people are saying JT is going to be that way, um, you know, for the rest of this season. So, you know, again, it's tough. Um, all right. So moving on next player here, Jamar Chase, older sale. Man. Uh, then I don't even know, man. This is hurting me. Uh, <laughs> honestly, holding. 
he is he's an essential talent, man. I think he's good for years to come. Uh, from a dynasty perspective, I'm holding because I I don't know. I, I've got Chase in one league, and I think honestly, I I think that depth at the wide receiver position, you could probably make it for a couple weeks. And like you said, I mean, it could be like three weeks, and he comes back. And man, I yeah, I'm holding on Chase just personally. Yeah. You're not winning I've, any championships this year, so. Uh, you're holding all these cats. I get it. No, I, I'll, I'll sell some, but my thing is, man, like Jamar Chase, dude, it's the same thing we talked about last week or the week before to where he's he's one of those guys. I, I hold Jamar Chase higher than I do JT, I'll be honest with you, Yeah. to where like wide receivers with the longevity of their careers, he's yeah. he's the toughest one for me to sell. Yeah. Um, I've kind of made a transition to just personally. Uh, this is kind of off the subject here and off topic, but my dynasty um, – transition has been you know these running backs feel you know scarce and they feel mm-hmm. like you got to have some good running backs to win and you do but man my thing is i've kind of went from being kind of a running back guy to a wide receiver guy because Same. these running backs their 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 shelf life is so short man and i just don't i don't ever see it work out where you 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 buy a running back for a haul you know what i mean um, yeah. and of course there's exceptions there are exceptions but for the most part, it usually doesn't work out when you buy a running back for a haul. Agreed. Um, all right, so next guy here, Debo Samuel. And his availability is kind of a toss-up here. You know, you think he's dealing with a little bit of hamstring stuff, and right now he's not giving you much. Uh, I know I saw today he did not practice again. Um, so, so, again, my question, if this player this player is holding you back right now from a championship, and if you don't think he can produce at a high level for this season, do you want to go ahead and move him? I'm selling him. Heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, looking at his stats right now, he's only finished within the top 15 once this season. Uh, and that's with playing seven games. And so with it, man, 100%. Uh, selling that man a heartbeat. I, this is tough for me because I, I think Debo's really, 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 really talented. I do and, too. And, I, and, 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 and we have not seen Debo and McCaffrey together yet. All right, here's my question, though. Are both of those fantasy values going to be sustainable? Because last year when Debo went on that tear, a lot of a lot of those touchdowns came in the backfield, and I'm sure they're going to use them a little bit. But at, at the end of the day, man, I think McCaffrey's going to get a lot of them touches. Yeah, it, it's tough, right? It's it's going to be. It, it, how do you view it? How do you view that offense? What do you think? What do you see? I think they're still going to use him. Um, I do. Too. I think you know when he does come back. I think I think IU takes a pretty big hit as far as what he's given you week in and week out. Debo Samuel, to me, is uh, a better player than Brandon Ayuk. Um, and then and then Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey are two totally different players. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a tough one for me. Uh, I, 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 think, I think if you can, if you can hang on, if you can hang on and it's not going to sink your ship, you hold and just see what he can give you. If, you're, mm-hmm. if you are literally needing this guy – to be moved from your roster, and you and you feel like you can compete, um, you know, and get 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 and win that championship. Go ahead and sell it. Um, yeah, which I think he's supposed to be back this week, maybe. Yeah, I, I know that. Like I said, it's a toss up on his availability mm-hmm. and when he's going to be back. Um, so again, it, it, use your judgment, and it, it does depend on what you think about that player. I get that everybody's values are different, um, but but again, he's a tough one. This and and this is kind of what this was for. All right, next one, Mike Williams. Same boat as Debo, man. Availability, toss-up. Um, don't really know when he's going to be back. Um, so are you selling or are you holding? 
I'm selling. Uh, I'm I'm not a Mike Williams fan, man. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I had him in one league, and I sold him for two seconds in the offseason. And so with it, like I, I don't know, man. Dude, dude gets hurt decently amount, but even with that, I think that once Keenan Allen gets healthy, I think he takes those targets away from Williams. Yeah, um, Keenan Allen's not gonna get healthy though, BJ. So. That's a, that's a really good point. I mean, that's uh, touche. You know, he's 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 not gonna get healthy. I think I think he's uh he's bumping thirty two. Is he thirty two? He's thirty. I'm sorry. He's thirty. Uh, he's thirty. Uh, he'll be thirty-one this year. But again, that that number for a wide receivers, you, you see what happens to these wide receivers and any NFL oh, player yeah. really when they get up when they hit that thirty mark. Um, he's not been available basically all year this year, mm-hmm. and even last year he was not the Keenan Allen that we had come to know um, for the most of his career. So That's true. again, how do you feel about Mike Williams? Uh, it's kind of it's kind of your own preference and. And what you think he can bring you for the rest of the season for that championship on whether you move him or not. All right, next guy here, Javante Williams. I'm selling. I'm I'm a Javante truther, bro. And I would sell this man in a heartbeat for a doable running back or a startable running back. Yeah. Uh with it, I, I still think that he's on that like on the verge of top fifteen dynasty back. Yeah. But yeah. dude's dude's not coming back to October, November next year. Right. And yeah. so with it, if you Man, I've got him on a couple of teams that are win now, and my problem that I'm having is, is I don't know, I don't know his value, because I mean, it's I'm not, I'm, I'm yeah. not taking like a Monty for him or nothing like that. You right? Know? No, no, no. Um, I, I'm probably selling him too. I've, I've, I was not, you know, as you know, I was not a Javante guy. Yeah. Um, let me just throw a couple out here at you, um, Javante Williams or. Damian Pierce. Mm. All right, now you're trying to win a championship this year. You're one yeah, player I'm, away oh, at that position. It, that's, that's, that's it, ain't it? That's where it's at. Yeah, right? that's that's about the line, <laughs> and I, I, it sucks because Pierce may yeah. not have a job in two years. That's right. Yeah, but I mean, I would now if I could get like Damian Pierce in a third or a second, then smash. You yeah. know. Yeah, but you try to get you a little sweetener in there, and I think for a, I think for a, you know, we can flip this back. You know, I think for somebody rebuilding, that may be oh, something bro. you can look yeah. at. Yeah, I mean, so again, if you if you're competing for a championship, um, and you own Javante Williams, I, th- I think you sell. I think you yeah. sell, and I think you go after a guy like Damian Pierce, or you know, maybe a, you know. Derrick Henry, even uh, t- Derrick Henry's twenty eight years old, man. So uh, yeah. you know, the dynasty. I know he's a stud, but that if, if you're if you are rebuilding, you need to sell Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like and if you're re- if you're rebuilding, you need to go out and buy these players we're talking about yes, right now. And if you're rebuilding, you need to go out and buy these players that we're talking about right now. If you're going for a championship, you need to sell these guys that are on IR for yep. players like a Derrick Henry that has tremendous value this year. Um, so again, that's kind of the whole point of this. Brees Hall, last one on the list here. He's tough, man. Uh, if I got Brees on a championship team right now, I'm selling to the rebuilder and just seeing what I can get out of him. But I, I do think that, man, Brees was killing it. I think he comes back from the injury really quickly, if I'm honest with you. Uh, I think he makes training camp next year. And yeah. it, it, it sucks to say that, but I mean, I, I sell. Yeah. I, I think I think so too. Again, if you're if you're in this boat where this one player is holding you back from a championship, um, 
I think Brees Hall has to be a sell for you, and I think you're going to take a hit uh, value-wise. Um, but to get that player that could maybe win you a championship, I think you do it. Brees Hall or Dalvin Cook? Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. I, that, I probably hold Brees on that. I'm not going to lie. The, the yep. reason being is because Dalvin – that one's not looking the best, man. He's had one good week yeah. this, this year. Yeah. Brees Hall, Alvin Kamara. Uh, I'm probably I'm probably getting Kamara on that one. Yeah. And, um, it, it sucks yeah. to say because if my dynasty rankings, like I, I got Brees ahead of him. Yeah. But oh yeah. My, for sure. My thing is like if I'm on a championship team and I make that trade right now, then it sucks, and I, I understand that. But also, who's to say that you can't move that player in the off season and feel a little bit better? Yeah, I completely agree with you. All right, Steve. Let's turn our attention over to the sneaky flex place and see if we can do a better job this week. Uh, and so taking a minute real quick and recapping how our sneaky flex plays did last week. Uh, Stevens, AJ Dillon finished the week at RB 36 with a stat line of 11 rushes for 34 yards and two tar or two re- receptions for 10 yards. Uh, my Jamal Williams finishes RB 22 with a stat line of 24 attempts for 81 yards. I will say side note, I did pr- predict that he would have over 10 points and he had right at 10 points. So I'll take the little small somewhat of a win. Uh, and so, Stephen, going into the sneaky flex play this week, man, who are you starting? I thought we were skipping this segment this week. Like I've been trying to talk to you about no, – I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry, all of you guys. I know all of our hundreds and thousands of listeners. I'm, I'm so sorry yeah. that um, I let you down if you followed my Dylan advice. Um I'm going to completely stay away from Packers until they figure it out. Okay. okay. That's a good idea. All right. Uh, this week will be a shocker to some. Um, but I'm going to go with David Montgomery, who has a nice matchup with that vaunted Lions defense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought we'd pick all these Lions, man. I know, but I can't help it, man. You see that value there and where they're where they're ranked week in and week out, some of these guys that are going up against them. Um, so, again, David Montgomery, I, I, I know Fields has been killing the rushing yardage for the Bears right now. Um, but I do think that the Bears may try to dial Fields back just a little bit this year and go to a more traditional run game versus that Lions defense who's ranked 32nd in the league. Um, and, and I think that uh, Monty is the right guy to lead that attack. I think you should plug him into your flex spot. I'm thinking he'll have a nice day. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, baseline around 13 to 15 fantasy points this week. Yeah, I don't mind it a bit, man. Um, I do think that Monty can produce flex numbers and especially against that Lions defense, dude. Uh, and so going into my start of the week in the flex play, uh, I'm going with a player that has been underrated here lately. Now, I understand his other wide receiver has been hurt on his team, but he's currently sitting at wide receiver 21 on the year with his bye week behind him. He's finished as the wide receiver 4, 18, and 11 in his three latest matchups. He's gaining rapport with his quarterback, and his offense is clicking on all cylinders. And I'm talking about San Francisco's Brandon Ayuk. Uh, now, Steven, I know that you just kind of threw some shade at Brandon Ayuk, saying that Debo is a better wide receiver, and I will 100% agree with you. I do think that Debo is a better wide receiver. Uh, but this week they're playing against the Los Angeles Chargers. I do expect Debo to play. And with that being said, I imagine that the number one cornerback is going to be covering Debo for most the game uh but with that being said brendan Ayuk has been averaging nine targets over the last three games uh so i'm plugging him in and expecting just 10 to 12 points on this matchup and i'm starting him o- 
crossover players like a Devontae Smith, who has been disappointing as of late, Terry McLaurin, who's been kind of mediocre, and Drake London in that terrible offense right now. Uh, so with this man, Brendan Ayuk, he's a player that I think is right in that flex category, wide receiver four, wide receiver five, but actually producing wide receiver two numbers here this season. And so I'm plugging him in, seeing what happens. I'm, 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 I mean, I don't like it. I, I don't love it. Hey, that's okay, I, I'll man. Just be honest with you. Uh, I think if Debo's out, I think you, I think it's a good play. I do. I think if Debo's in, I'm worried. I'm really worried if Debo's in because again, let's. I, I'm, I'm going back to all right. CMC is going to get his. Debo Samuel's going to get his. George Kittle's a monster down the seams and in the red zone. Um, so you know, it just leaves him kind of. It feels like odd man out just a little bit. I know he's a talented guy. It just worries me a little bit if Debo plays. Um, <clears throat> all right, moving on. Uh, our underdog section that we've started just a couple weeks ago. Let's recap last week. All right. Uh, my picks, Travis Etienne, over 78 and a half rushing yards was hit. Um, Justin Fields, over 48 and a half rushing yards was barely hit. He only had 180 rushing yards. <laughs> um DeAndre Hopkins was your pick. Over 88 and a half receiving yards was a miss. Um, he only had 36 receiving yards, and he had an on-field argument in the first half with Kyler um, and only targeted once after that. Um, and then your second one this week, last week was Ramonde Stevenson. Uh, we had him at over 86 and a half combined yards, was a miss, um, and he only had 70 combined yards. All right, so moving on to this week, um, I'll start here. I'll go one, and then you can go one, BJ. Um, this week, I'm going to give the listeners three picks. Um, and 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 look, since starting this section, I'm four and zero, oh, so I'm feeling real good, BJ. I'm feeling real good about this underdog stuff. Um, Let's be nice, so I'm man. Gonna, I'm I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going to give you two Thursday night specials, and I'm going to give you one more from the main slate on Sunday. All right. So my first Thursday night special for you here is DJ Moore um, under sixty two and a half receiving yards. And I'm going to tell you why. I know he's been better lately. I get it. Um, but last week, he completely disappeared. And this week, I don't look for him to have a great performance either. Um, the The Carolina Panthers said they're going to stick with P.J. Walker, and quite frankly, P.J. Walker is not good. They are tanking if you've ever, you know, seen tanking. Um, he has only eclipsed 63 receiving yards two of the nine times this year. Um and, again, P.J. Walker is not going to be the man that helps him do that for only the third time this year. Thursday night games are usually junky, low-scoring games. Give me the under 62.5 receiving yards. Absolutely, absolutely love this call, man. I'll be honest with you. Uh, the reason being, I saw a tweet earlier that went out and said that uh, the game Thursday night is looking like it's going to be uh, actually in, like, 15-mile-per-hour winds, if I'm not mistaken. And then I think there is actually an expected chance of rain as well. And so I will say, Stephen, I love the under 62 and a half receiving yards. I would pair it with PJ Walker's under stat of passing yards as well. I think the last that I saw it was 160. I'll double check that and make sure. Uh, but with it, I think if you go this route with DJ Moore under, I think you should go with the PJ Walker under as well, specifically as well as the fact that PJ Walker may not play the whole game. Right. So, uh, PJ Walker rushing passing yards right now is 173. Okay. And so I, I think go with the under on both of them, honestly. Yep. Uh, and so like what Steven said, he's been killing it as of late. I have not been. And so let me redeem myself a little bit. All right. Uh, I am going to call Patrick Mahomes over 301 and a half total yards. Uh, Mahomes has found his groove the past three weeks. 
finishing as QB6, QB4, and QB2 while throwing for at least 338 yards each game. Uh, now, Stephen, I don't know if you remember this or not, but do you remember Patrick Mahomes coming out and saying, hey, you can't really trust a wide receiver. I'm going to spread the ball out each week and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. And now what you begin to see is is that not only have has he been actually doing good over the past couple of weeks and just killing it this season and proving the doubters wrong, but also it seems like the Chiefs have actually began to abandon the run as of late, with Mahomes being the leading rusher this past week with, I think, 60-something yards. Uh, his last two games, Mahomes has thrown for over 400-plus yards, and this last game he just came off of a 60-plus attempt game. I expect Patty Mahomes to... Uh, feast on this Jags defense and to basically pick them apart. I think this is an easy dub with the stat line right now. Yeah, I like it. Pa- uh, Patrick Mahomes has been has been a beast, as you said. QB six, QB four, QB two. His last three, um, throwing for at least three hundred and thirty eight yards each game. Over three hundred one and a half total yards feels feels really really nice. Feels really nice. Um, all right, so back to me. Uh, my second pick for underdog this week for you. Another Thursday night special here. Um, and I'm going with Drake London, and I think you probably all know where I'm going with this as soon as you heard the name, under 40-and-a-half receiving yards. And, again, for much of the same reasons I listed with D.J. Moore, the same is going to apply here to Drake London. His last six games, he has not been over 40 receiving yards. His last six games. Um, Again, on Thursday night with Mariota at the helm, I do not look for him to be able to break that streak and break out of that slump and surpass that number. Give me under 40 and a half receiving yards. I love it, man. I think um, if you are a fantasy competitor and you have any Atlanta Falcons player on your team right now, you know what this offense looks like because you feel the damage on a weekly basis. And so if you're telling me that I can smash this for under 40 and a half receiving yards, I'm taking it every day, man. Uh, so the next one I'm going with my final one, and I'll let Steven wrap it up here in a minute. I'm going with Nick Chubb with over 86 and a half rushing yards. Uh, Chubb's only missed this line once this season back in week six against a tough new England defense. Now he faces the Miami dolphins where I feel like he'll continue his streak of late in yards. His last two performances, he's had 90 plus rushing yards and I expect Chubb to continue his RB one campaign in this matchup. Uh, I will say this. I do expect the dolphins offense to do good and to continue to score and stuff like that. But honestly, I kind of expect the, the Browns to hang in there with him a little bit, man. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. And so I think they're going to use Chubb. They're going to try to kill that clock and keep two of them off the field. Yeah, the Browns are much better this year. Um, they're much better team uh, just overall. You can see it. Even with Jacoby Brissett back there, they look good. Um, is this your man, Nick Chubb, that I think preseason you kind of poo-pooed just a little bit? Is this the you know, man, we all, we, all have, we all have losses, Stephen. Okay. You okay, know, just take it on the chin and I, keep going. <laughs> I just couldn't remember. Okay. No, man, I love this. Over 86 and a half. That, he's the workhorse, man. They're going to give it to him. And and I agree with you. He's only missed this line once this year. And and I don't think he's going to miss it uh, again uh, against this Dolphins defense. I like this pick even more than I like your Mahomes pick. And I like that one, too. So, I do expect Chubb, again, like you said, to continue that RB1 campaign over 86 and a half rushing yards. Lock it in, all right? Last underdog here for you this week. Uh, This one's a Sunday special. Christian McCaffrey, over 112 and a half receiving and rushing yards. I know what you're thinking. That's a pretty high number there, 112 and a half. Um, But, man, I just want to say, I think we've established how dominant Christian McCaffrey can be. 
And we've talked a lot about how his utilization has been phenomenal so far in San Francisco. Um, And Christian McCaffrey has a matchup with the Chargers this week who have given up over 170 yards rushing alone over their past three games. Um, Second worst in that span, only ahead of the Texans. Um, Not to mention, on the season, the Chargers are giving up an average of over six yards per reception and per rush, two running backs. So I think Christian McCaffrey smashes this week. Uh, Give me the over 112.5 rushing and receiving yards. I love it, man. I think CMC can easily do that. And so I I agree 100%, man. It's one that I'm keeping my eye on for sure. Uh, So moving into another segment that we just started last week, Stephen, called Debbie Darlings. We like to wrap up our episodes with this. Uh, Basically just, man, me and Stephen were both in Debbie Leagues. Uh, it's one that I'm actually new to. Steve has been doing it for a couple of years, but it kind of gives you that sense of keeping your eye out on college players and how they're performing. I know with me, it's actually getting me excited for the 23 draft class and the 24 draft class. And so with that being said, Stephen, who's one player that you're falling in love with before rookie drafts next year? Man, uh, look, this guy, um, Everybody that watches any kind of college football knows how special this guy is probably going to be. Um, I'm going to just say just a little bit about him here. A five-star recruit by ESPN. Uh, he was handed a five-star grade by 24-7 Sports. He was selected to play in the U.S. Army All-American Bowl in San Antonio, Texas, where he earned offensive MVP honors and was named the All-American Bowl Player of the Year um, after high school. Bryce Young. Opted to join Alabama after being massively recruited. In 2021, as a sophomore, he exploded onto the scene where he played 14 games and he passed for 4,491 yards on 492 attempts with a completion percentage of 67.1% and an average of 9.1 yards per pass with 45 touchdowns Mm -hmm. while also taking 32 sacks and put up a QB rating of 122.3. He added 45 runs for a total of 273 yards and an average of 6.1 yards per rush. At the end of the season last year, he received an array of awards, won the Heisman Trophy, and in addition won the College Football Players uh, Player of the Year by the Associated Press. The winner of the Maxwell Award was also recognized as college football's top player. He also claimed the Davey O'Brien Award and the Manning Award, both presented annually to the nation's top quarterback and was a consensus first-team All-American. Bryce Young, to me, will, be, will go number one in the 2023 NFL Draft, and, it, and it's not close. There's nobody gonna. There's no one's gonna. No one's gonna. No one's gonna push that. No one's gonna even come close. Barring you know a major injury, knock on wood. We hope that doesn't happen. But that's just that's just the reality of the, of the football game that we see every week. Um, but man, he's gonna go number one in the 2023 NFL draft. Um, he has the ability to become a generational talent, in my opinion, at the next level. He has an amazing arm. He has excellent accuracy. He has elite mobility. Um, all things that you need to be an elite quarterback in the NFL. The one knock, one knock that I think he has is his size. Mm. Um, he is a little bit undersized, but I do think, in my opinion, his playmaking ability will trump that. And at the end of the day, I can't wait to see this guy, see him on Sunday. He's going to be an elite quarterback. He's my QB1 of the 2023 draft class, and he should be yours too. All right, man, as the Alabama fan, I love this. Uh, Bryce Young, been able to watch him for the last two seasons has been fantastic. Um, I remember last year just watching his, man, just his his grit 
and the way that he could sling a ball to Jamison Williams and John Mechie, uh, man, he, he did fantastic last year. And now seeing him kind of down some weapons at the wide receiver, uh, at the wide receiver position this year, and just seeing what he's able to do on a on a like just a weekly basis, man, he's a quarterback that I've kept my eye on. He's a quarterback that I would love to be able to like just snag after a rookie draft next year. Uh, the problem is that I'm probably not going to have a lot of one hundred one, one hundred twos. And so with it, though, I do agree with you. I think he is an elite passer. Uh, I think you give Bryce Young some weapons and he will use it to his advantage. And so with that being said, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Stephen. Uh, so the player that I'm going to go with this week is actually a player that I actually had no idea who he was until uh, I actually selected him in a, uh, a Debbie dispersal draft. Uh, I think that in this 2023 class, it has been often overshadowed by Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young at the top heavy that the wide receiver class seems to be often overlooked. And then when you do look at the wide receiver class, you look at players who are like Jordan Addison, uh, Jackson Smith, Najiba, uh, Keyshawn Butte. And with all of this, I think there's one wide receiver that we're not really paying that close of attention to that we need to. And it is Quentin Johnston of TCU. Uh, and a lot of Debbie rankings, he's coming in at wide receiver four, sometimes even wide receiver five behind Xavier Worthy. And with that being said, man, I think that you need to put respect on this man's name. Uh, he is six foot four, two fifteen. 215. Uh, this year at TCU, he has been killing it. Uh, TCU, if I'm not mistaken, Stephen, they're within the top five right now, right? In the, in the rankings. And with it, man, he started off slow. He started off with only having three receptions in his first three games. Uh, he had three receptions, two receptions, three receptions for not even totaling out 20 yards, but something happened in week four, week five, uh, week five, they started our week four. They started actually playing against their ranked opponents in a run of Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma state and Kansas state. And what you saw was you saw Quentin Johnston begin to become unleashed. He had a breakout game against Kansas where he went for 14 receptions, 206 yards and a touchdown. And with it, it sparked something within him to the games after that. He has went a touchdown each and every single game. He has had eight receptions for 180 yards, four receptions for 74 yards, four receptions for 76 yards. And so what you begin to look at when you look at this player in a class that is very top heavy, I think that he's going and he's flying under the radar. I think he can make a push to being honestly a wide receiver one, wide receiver two of this class. And when you begin to break down his actual strengths of his game, he has fantastic hands. He is great at a contested catch. He does great yards after the catch, and he tracks the ball fantastic on those deep balls. I think the only thing that he really needs an improvement with, just like what you said with Bryce Young, his physicality is kind of not really there sometimes and his route running struggles somewhat. But with it, you have a fantastic receiver. He's one that I've kept a close eye on this year, and I think that once those rookie drafts happen next year, and I think if you're sitting at that 107, 108 in these rookie drafts, he's somebody I would pay close attention to. Don't don't go so you know crazy that you're trying to pull a James Cook in this draft or anything else like that. But instead, man, take these stud players and throw them on your squad and watch them feast. Yeah, man, I, I love this pick. And and, and Johnston's running. He, he's 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 completely kind of under the radar. Now, who knows if he'll be under the radar in April because he's killing it this year. And this year was kind of a make or break for him. Um, yeah. And like you said, TCU being in the top five right now, um, it's looking, looking really, really nice for him. Um, I think this 2023 NFL draft – 
wide receiver class. Um, I, I think round one, you con- you constantly and commonly see um, Butte, Smith, Nigba, and Jordan Addison, right? Those are kind of the top three-ish guys there. Um, but, man, Johnston is, is completely flying under the radar. I, I think that – uh, again, like you, you you reiterated, his size six four. He's incredibly explosive. Um, those are those are traits that 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 really translate in the NFL. Um, I think a lot of the appeal with him comes with his upside. Right, he's a yeah. rare physical talent to me, um, and he's got uh, dual sided size and athleticism to be dominant in the NFL. Um, I, I think that he is trending up, like you said, and I think I think that. Uh, I think he's going to be worthy of a first round 2023 NFL draft pick and, and possibly, you know, could be, he could jump all the way to wide receiver one could, in my opinion. I agree. And I think he is going to be everything that people hope that Rashad Bateman would be in in my personal opinion. I think that he is going to be an alpha in a class full of some slot wide receivers. And I'm, I'm anxious to see what happens in the draft class for sure. I love it. Uh, All right. So uh, taking this time, man, we just want to, take this time and thank our listeners uh man y'all have been showing out the past couple weeks and we really appreciate it we've been trying to make this push on social media to where we're just trying to get our podcast out there and stuff so if y'all been taking time and listening to our podcast we just want to take this time and say thank you uh thank y'all for making this podcast work thank you for making it thrive uh man once again y'all y'all kill it each and every week and so we appreciate that if you do have any suggestions you have anything that we want that you want us to talk about reach out to us whether it be on twitter at lol dynasty pod or over on facebook the legacy of legends of dynasty podcast you can also follow me and steven both on twitter my handle is at afro dynamics one with six stevens is at s deaton 24 uh man feel free to interact with us feel free to ask us some questions or if you got any suggestions on the show and stuff the reason we actually started doing this player prop segment is because a couple people asked for it and so man we're here to, we're here to serve you guys and so with that being said man we look forward to just continuing these episodes and putting out some good quality content uh steven i'm gonna turn it over to you for your final fantasy advice for the week all right guys look if you have a stud player in fantasy football play the stud player I do get questions like this all the time, whether it's friends asking me or sometimes, you know, people on Twitter that I've interacted with, hey, who should I start? Like this is an example. I have player A, a weaker running back, that's playing the Lions this week. I also have Christian McCaffrey, but he's playing the Ravens this week, which is a bad matchup for him. Who should I start? And I'm going, in my mind, I'm going, do I really have to answer this? Like, am I really going to have to answer this? It's Christian McCaffrey, okay, guys? Play your studs. My final fantasy advice for you is play your studs week in and week out. I don't care about the matchup when it comes to studs. I don't care. I know we talk about matchups all the time, especially in our sneaky flex plays and things like that. But when you're talking about your studs, you play them. I don't care who they're playing and what the matchup is. I don't care what the weather is. I don't care anything about it. If you got your studs, you play your studs. You live with the results with that. Good luck in week 10, guys. Go win some dynasty leagues this week. Hey, man, I love it, dude. Uh, And like what Steven says every week as well, playoffs are coming up. Make that push. If you're not being active in your dynasty leagues, you're actually ended up losing your matchups. And so with that being said, y'all have a good week. I hope that y'all's fantasy matchups go great this week. See ya.